be like myself anymore I'm like a lost key in the kitchen drawer Just waiting for someone to show me to the door Hey up, my name's Ben, and welcome back to file 54 of the YYY Files. This is the B-side, so go back and listen to the A-side if you haven't heard the first half of this interview with George Weaver, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Um, not only because it's my first time after a bit of a break, but also George was great, you know. Um, after a little bit of Apache history, you know, uh, being in a local area and then being both north and south of Stoke and not being able to follow them quite as closely, um, He's back in a local area now, and with his analytics work, he's really getting involved with Stoke and doing some great work. In fact, I think recently he's he's been breaking down our great run of form recently and explaining how we play and giving us more of an identity than I think the club have in the last five or six years or so. So definitely worth a read of that. Um, the links in the description will lead you to his blog and his Twitter if you're interested in reading that. Um but this is the B-side, of course, where you'll hear a bit more about you know what he's got coming up, um, what what he wants to do next season, both in terms of his analytics and just what he wants to see from Stoke next season. Um, and, of course, his Files FC, too. Um, so I'll, I'll let you jump straight into that. But don't forget, you can be on the show just like George by heading to the www.files.com. All links to do that are in the podcast description. So let's jump back in and pick up where we left off. <laughs> Hey up and welcome back to File 54, in which we're talking to George. Uh, we opted for the short break on this occasion, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're right back. Um, anything changed in the last half hour? We just had a big chat about whether we think Stoke might have actually turned the corner for the sixth time in five years. But We've got our club back again. <laughs> have we though? For the fourth have time we? this week. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it's been a good march, isn't it? With on on and off the pitch, it's been quite good. Yeah, it's nice to be doing these sort of things, not necessarily as a cathartic sort of release like yeah. it can be. Yeah, we're on the uh, Wizards particularly after true. some losses. Hey, there's a reason why this podcast back, baby. It's because we because <laughs> we're bang on again. I've got to ride the wave, ready um, to jinx it again. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I asked you a break question in the A-side of this podcast, um, and I'd like your answer. I think you've got it based off what you told me before. Um, your break question was, what's the biggest Stoke City myth you reckon you could debunk through analytics? There's a couple that I've thought of, um, and I'm stuck between two, and one of them is that Jordan Shakiri wasn't very good for Stoke, particularly <laughs> in the relegation season. Now, I say I'm stuck because I'm not sure that's a myth for many people. I think that might be a mm. myth in a certain section mm. of the fan base. The same people at Boo Terry's Campbell. Probably quite an overlap <laughs> in that Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, well, do you know what? The other one was that Charlie Adam was good at shooting from the halfway line. Mm. But I've actually just come up with a third in my head. Mm. And that is that Tyrese Campbell not jumping for headers is a bad thing. I mm. think that is one of the worst myths and I would like to debunk that. Mm. Not right now, but just generally. Because <laughs> I must admit, I like he does win a decent amount of headers. It seems like people cheer him when he wins a header and that's a couple of times a game these days. But I 
yeah. lot of the time he'll like roll the shoulder and gamble the fact that the centre back's going to miss it and try and run him behind anyway, which is better off because who's he laying it Absolutely. off to? Yeah, and you know what? When you're, I don't know how tall Tyrese Campbell is, but he's not six foot four, is he? When no. if you're coming up against a six foot four Millwall centre back, <laughs> you're you're miles better sort of giving him a little nudge in the back and hoping that you can roll off him rather than sort of jumping up and getting clattered for no reason. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, he he should be ducking out of every header. There's probably a couple of times no, where he has not. M- missed out. But he, it's it's never black or white, is it, these things? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, unless no. it's stats and you can prove that. Uh, yes, all stats are facts all and of anything them. else is lies. That's how it works. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, right. Let's do your files FCA. Oh, here we go then. I've not done one off. of these for a long, long time, <laughs> so I have no idea what the state of play is right now. Um, but for those who don't know, who haven't listened before, George, this is your ultimate Stoke team of past or present. Ideally, this is one goalkeeper and then two each of centre-back, full-back, midfielder, winger and striker. Although, as we observed in the previous podcast, positions are a myth. Uh, so so feel free to name 11 goalkeepers if you like uh, but if you could give a reason for each player that'd be great um, all votes accounted towards uh, the main Files FC which is all the podcast votes amalgamated together um, and, that, and that'll form the the idea I suppose the, the, the greatest Stoke team of all time uh, or at least our favourite Stoke team of all time um, and you can find that at the com. if I've updated the website from the last five podcasts maybe maybe not I don't know um, George you can nominate substitutes if you'd like to uh, they're just honourable mentions though they don't get attributed any votes um, I assume positions are indeed a myth but I assume you have got a goalkeeper and you're going to start with him I have, yeah. I, ju- I just want to check. Is it like when you get to the hundredth episode? Do do all these players go in a team and play? I don't know a Masters League game or something. Maybe this is a good. That point. would be fantastic. As long as none of them pass or have already passed, <laughs> I think that'd be a bit sad. Um, yeah, yeah. A YYY yeah. testimonial. I'm sure we could do a play on words with there that you go. somewhere. We'll, playing against a we'll do the why 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 thing where the I should be in testimonial. That'll do. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, goalkeeper, sorry. Off on a tangent there. Go, go. So, do you know what? Everyone's said we've always had a great goalkeeping department and up until recently I think we very much have. <laughs> um, and I think I'm going to go for the first goalkeeper where I properly thought, oh yeah, he knows how to save it. Um, and the moment I have in mind is probably something a lot of people have in mind, which is sat at the FA Cup final watching at first it happen and thinking oh he's just missed Mm. and then you look at the replay on the big screen and it's just the most ridiculous full stretch diving picturesque tv save you've ever seen in your life uh from balotelli's sort of curling shot and it's tommy Sorensen all day yeah i uh big fan of begovic i was a big fan of butland um particularly in the premier league um quite a big fan of Simonson actually for a while uh, while we were while I was a little bit younger but the goalkeeper where I always felt safest was uh, was Tommy Sorensen and so he's got to go in there it's a big penalty saves for me like un- he's unrivaled yeah. isn't he absolutely he's just a goalkeeper that 
you get the feeling if you're a striker and you're bearing down on goal, you're going, oh, fucking hell. Why is it going to be him in front of me? Yeah. <laughs> to me, I, I think I've said this before on the pod, that I thought Azmir was like the better goalkeeper in moments. Like he would make better yeah. saves. But if I was to pick a goalkeeper for like any game, I'd pick Tommy just because like he, he was just consistent. I, I, can't, I can't remember it. Like Begovic just spilled it in the net before and just things like that. I don't really remember Saracen doing that. No. And uh, do you know what? I think, who was it? Who there were other keepers we were looking at, weren't there? When we first went up, I think it was with Carson and Full Up and people like that. Yeah, Saracen came on trial, didn't he? Oh God, yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> Which is absolutely crazy for a keeper of. I mean, he was already, you know, a very well-respected keeper and an absolute gem of a purchase. That in the Premier League now, mate, we're arrogant, arrogant. <laughs> Well, is this the same window that we got like saws and kits and oh tongue and all God. those? That was a They're really bad 11, transfer window when that. you think about it. Actually, <laughs> it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you've got five good players and then five just memorable, less memorable players. Let's say yes, yeah, from the same one. Yeah, I can't even remember that transfer window very well, to be honest. Like, I I think we just scattergunned it didn't we and then realised what we needed in in January yeah absolutely yeah okay that's that's goalie done you've got 10 more where are you going first uh let's go for fullbacks I reckon okay so on the right I did have a bit of a well I'll I'll, I'll sort of go through both fullbacks first because I I had a bit of a crisis with this <laughs> because left backs are obviously <laughs> hard to come by. Yeah, for Stoke, I remember genuinely the response when Eric Peters signed was just something I've never seen. Of a, oh my god, is that he? He's a left back. Mm. What? Um, unfortunately, he's not quite made it in. At first, I had what might be a surprising one in Josh Timon, mm. um, and I think he'll go in my honourable mentions as just. As a fullback, a really, really fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. The way that he gets the ball into the box in dangerous areas, he's one of the players that I really enjoy uh, watching at the minute. But I am going to invoke the positions of meaningless argument <laughs> and I'm going to stick Matty Edrington in there oh, at left back. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to justify this Go on. because, for my view, the role that Matty Edrington played as a left midfielder at the time is the role that's more likely taken up now by a fullback. Oh, you've made this reference in in, in the A side, and I can see you what go. you've done. You've you've set yourself up because you knew <laughs> you knew this was coming. <laughs> exactly, and you agreed with me in the A yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So, now you so, have to so no, I can't. <laughs> I, and, uh, to be honest, I do remember like. I can't remember which game it was. I can't remember if it was 9-10 season or 10-11 season. Um, I think Edgerton had just taken the corner or something like that and, and uh, the opposition were countering and, and Edgerton sprinted down the other end of the field and managed to make a tackle just outside the box, I think. like he, I I remember him as a traditional winger, but actually he, he was more than that, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Just one of two players who kept us up basically Hmm. there was 
there was a front line there that sort of worked. There were some good throws and good set pieces, but Edrington and Beattie coming in was what made us a Premier League team in that season. Mm. Uh, just so much fun to watch. And in the build-up to that cup final, you just... Defences couldn't stop him mm. at all. It was brilliant. Apart from Wolves who injured him. but Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah, it? it did a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to appease you on the other side, I was going to go for Jermaine Pennant at first. Of <laughs> <laughs> you were. I'll be honest. For, again, the same reasons. That, that spell where those two were on fire and sprinted down the wing at full pelt and mm. whipping the ball into the box. And it was just... I remember in the run-up to a final, the the cup final, we beat Arsenal 3-1, I think it was, at home. Mm. And they were both just absolutely electric. It was just so fun to watch. Proper, still blood and thunder football, but with rapid wingers that could really scare opposition defences. And it was fantastic. But um, I'm going to go instead with a centre-back who can neatly tuck inside to form a back three out of uh, in possession. And I'm going to go with uh, Andy Wilkinson. Nice. Again, there's one specific memory, and it was an Arsenal game at home again. And I think it might have been someone like Podolski or some Arsenal player sort of dribbled down the wing in the last minute, cut on the outside of the defender, looked like he was going to slam it into the bottom corner, took the shot at about 1,000 miles an hour in my head. And somehow, out of nowhere, was Andy Wilkinson's head about six <laughs> inches from the ground, directly in the path of the ball. Yeah. And just, one, no idea how he judged that he was going to do that, because he just sort of, like, salmon flopped in front of it. <laughs> and secondly, just the absolute cojones on that man to throw himself in front of everything. Mm. And it's, you know, a homegrown footballer who literally couldn't have given more of himself to the club mm. and a real shame that he had to retire when he did because I still think there was there was life in his in his career one too many blows to the head from six exactly. inches away from the ground unfortunately <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> one too many salmon dives yeah. <laughs> but it j- just one of those footballers that you watch and every time he does anything you go yeah go on yeah 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 like, it's you know a fan's footballer and as much as I might be a stats cock I can still appreciate that kind of player mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. I know what you're saying yeah it's some uh, a stat can't uh, is there a stat for um, how fast a player flies in at, <laughs> at a sliding tackle on Ronaldo there probably isn't is there expected concussions probably something <laughs> like that <laughs> yes but I will move on to my centre backs okay so the next one's the easy one I'm assuming you can guess Ryan Shawcross Absolutely right. Standard. Across yet. Um, I can't say much more than's already been said about him. Just an incredible defender who, again, gave his whole, pretty much his whole career to Stoke and just got better and better and better as he went on. Um, the fact that he transitioned so easily from being a centre part of or a core part of Tony Pulis's, whatever Tony Pulis's football was, <laughs> <laughs> to being a central part of. Mark Hughes's false nine four three three Stoke Alona ball, hmm. just an incredible footballer. And if we're honest, absolutely should have been playing at a better team than Stoke. Yes, and you know, if it weren't for perceptions 
around the club, I'm I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he would have done. Would he have done a Harry Maguire? That's the that's the that's the um, problem. Yeah, I'm going to be biased and say he's better than Harry Maguire. Yeah, me too. I'm well aware that if anyone who's not a Stoke fan is listening to this, they're going to laugh at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they're not, don't worry. Phew. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, just what an incredible, reliable footballer and just a perfectly worthy captain for your club. Mm-hmm. The mm. kind of sort of player who's going to be remembered for a lot longer than any of us watch the games. Mm-hmm. And he's still in town, by all accounts. Or... Yeah, absolutely. Heard him a couple of times on the on the radio doing the the summarising and things like that. Yeah, no so, good on him. As everyone says, he's definitely got to be the next manager, right? Oh God! <laughs> uh, yes, yes, romantically, yes, but also d- don't also don't, please don't, can we have a proper manager? Also, don't do a Frank Lampard like. <laughs> Don't 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 ruin your legacy, please. No, no, absolutely. I, yeah, I really couldn't wish him more than all the best for for everything he does, and it is always kind of got a place in Stoke fans' hearts. I think. Absolutely. Um, the other one also has a giant place in my heart, but for slightly different reasons. I don't know if you can guess who it is from that, but I will say it's not Robert Hooth. I mean, judging by your positions, is it Mamjuf? Like, <laughs> I don't know. The overlapping centre back, Mamjuf. <laughs> I, I mean, we could try it. But um, are we going current or, or from when you were first starting out? Uh, My gut thinks it's from when you were starting out. Stoke alone period. Stoke alone period. Oh, Munieza? It is Munieza. Ah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I just. The first proper centre-back I've seen for Stoke. And by proper centre-back, I mean proper for a stats nerd. Yes. The first centre-back where he got the ball and you went, oh, okay, he's he's kicked a ball before. (laughs) Um, Other than Ryan Shawcross. Other than people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Just a really, really technically gifted player and a really clever player. Mm. And I think that's what I liked the most is... You don't often see a five foot ten centre back actually doing well, but he was just so smart at reading the game mm. and so smart on the ball that he was worth having there, even though he, you know, could get done in the air a few times. I wish he played more. Absolutely, yeah. I just what a lovely bloke as well. Mm. Yeah. And that that FA Cup semi uh, League Cup semi final, sorry that I mentioned before, him and uh, him and Philip Walshide, we all went into that game going oh. God, all our defenders are injured, <laughs> and it was just a masterclass. Yeah. I mean, it whatever side they'd put out, I, I feel like it was you know Lalana and Benteke time for Liverpool. But even so, just a great a great pairing for that night, and yeah, absolutely cried with him when he missed that penalty. Oh God, poor guy. We love you, Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a bit more harsher a whimper than I thought I'd let out then um, <laughs> okay I'm assuming we're done with defence we are yes okay in the traditional formation sense <laughs> no we are actually done with defenders unfortunately okay okay I will go with my centre midfield pairing okay uh, the first is uh, Stephen and Zonzi yeah um, probably expected just just you watch him on the ball and you see someone coming in and you think, oh, no, no, someone's going to tackle you. Oh, oh, 
oh okay you just <laughs> you just walk past them anyway never mind then um to see midfielders go from what people like Whelan and Whitehead had been doing mm. in that kind of in the cage as we used to call it yes to be in proper Rolls-Royce ball carriers who just just could control the football and just could throw people out of his path without even thinking about them being there. What a footballer. Mm. And again, depressing that he had to go when he did because you feel like if he'd stayed on, maybe the next season could have been... I think so. Could have one, been a really special one. season one, but, too soon, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we can't turn our hat up at the career he's had in the meantime. Cause, no, 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 absolutely. You know, fully deserved and, again, what a footballer. You were so close to not using the R word to describe it. Oh, the Rolls Royce. You were so no, close. Come on, and and I don't think anyone's managed it yet. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm technically in the world of publishing about football now. So, can you can you physical... for your next stats piece define what a Rolls Royce def- <laughs> midfielder <laughs> is? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I can define it right now in two words, and those two words are Josh Laurent. Oh, very nice. There we go. Yes, there. Or or Rude Hullet <laughs> is his better known. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, next one. Perfect. Next one, we have got Rory Delap. Nice. Um, Sorry, I don't know that one. That's Rory Delap. He was a centre mid. He used to play for Stoke. Um, <laughs> yes. Everything all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just. I, I, I forgot to press the mute button on my Alexa. Let me, let me reach around here and. Uh, and uh, no worries. Bonk. Uh, yeah, we're leaving that in because we need to show the authenticity of this sort of medium of of, of broadcasting. It's not like these polished yeah, pieces you do, right? You know, <laughs> polished is a very strong word. <laughs> That is the blogging equivalent of a typo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or trying to put something like Typhone Zone into your. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. Oh, dear. Roy Delap. So, yeah, Roy Delap um, really was just. I, 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 they say that thing about, you know, every, English fans always get excited for a corner, and the chances of scoring from a corner are about. I think it's three in a hundred corners end up in a goal on average. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get that exact same excitement, in fact, probably more so whenever we want to throw in. Oh, it's amazing. Within 40 yards of the box. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I can see ridiculous. why it was so exciting because we were like genuinely like ecstatic 50% of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially because so much of our games, the ball was out of play. <laughs> in that period oh but yeah the, the good old days yeah exactly it's just everything around the myth of it you know the, the actual throw in itself was incredible and such a smart move to to exploit it how well we did mm-hmm. but everything around the, the theatre of it as well the the advertising boards getting moved in Horelio Gomez crying on the pitch and then literally the entire Arsene Wenger episode of, well, football shouldn't have throw-ins, it should be kick-ins. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what football's about to me as a fan. Yeah. You need to 
do spiteful things to the opposition. Upsetting one of the greatest managers ever to have lived. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we lived rent-free in his head from that moment on forever. I think we really did, didn't we? Because, like, I think, again, I refer back to one of the interviews that Pulis did, and, like, you know, he he said that Wenger always presented himself with, you know, good grace and everything, and then he just lost his head every time yeah. they played Stoke. Was it... Torre or Arteta or some someone who 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 played for Arsenal, he, they said he'd just go weird. He'd go really weird every time <laughs> they play Stoke. Like they set up to defend against Rory's lap, and then he didn't even play. It was fabulous, absolutely oh, fabulous. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. The thought, you know, that's that's what fans of non-top four clubs live for, really, isn't it? The kind of the joy of those kind of days, and the fact that I th- I'm pretty sure after the actual. The first time we beat Arsenal, I think he came out and kind of said, fair play to Stoke, they did well. And then the next day he came out again and came up with this just random tirade of hatred. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly watched the game back and just lost his head completely. Deflection technique, we see it all the time. Conte did it this week. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that the winning goal was not only a throw-in, which he hated, but... (laughs) Whatever Oliphantjana did to the ball in between it hitting his chest the first time. Oh, amazing, and, isn't it? Just... Oh God, yeah. Was it a chest onto the floor into his head mm. under the keeper? I think. Oh, is the oh just the most unesthetic goal you'll ever see. Exactly, and for it to happen against Arsenal as well, it's just who are the prettiest? Yeah, uh, the... whatever you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I'm a fan of good football, and I I like particularly a teams like Arsenal play now. Hmm. But, God, it feels good when you're on the other side of it and you're an absolute shithouse, horrible team. (laughs) And you beat them. I still hate Arsenal. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, wingers? Yes. um, Inverted or not? They are inverted. They are, of course they are. They are inverted, yeah. Um, So I've gone for probably a very easy two. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can imagine, I'd choose. On the left is Arnautovic, um, and on the right is Jordan Shakiri. And for me, as a Stoke fan, given the time that they were playing for us, how old I was, and you know where I was in my life at the time, and the quality they had, I just couldn't believe they were playing for us. Mm. Absolutely, could not believe it. Every time Arnautovic got the ball, it actually didn't matter where he is. You knew there was no point in any defenders going near him because mm-hmm. he was going to go past them. You know, for for a player to be as technically gifted as he was and as much of a shithouse and as, like, bulky and strong and, oh, just the, the perfect kind of creative player for that for that position for a team like us that, you know, can't quite get David Silver kind of thing. Just <laughs> so much fun to watch. And exactly the same on the other side with Shakiri. Just fun players. I must admit, I've I, I zoned out for the last 30 seconds because I'm just thinking of Arnautovic bringing a ball down and rolling a defender. I, oh, it makes me sad. It's we, just beautiful, isn't it? It's just sad. Like, we don't get that anymore. We get... Uh, Tyrese Campbell bumping into people. Don't be wrong. I think he's great, but he's just, like we. Oh, it's just so different, isn't it? So it so is. different. And I think, do you know what the the kind of at least the benefit is that 
there's so much money in the English game now that even mid-table sides can get those kind of players. Yes. And I think to be at the start of that, where mid-table sides just about could get a player like that, we we got promoted. I, I I stand by this. We got promoted in the absolute perfect season. Like yeah. we could not have timed it better. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when Shakiri signed, and I think I was driving home from or driving up to uni for the you know ready for the term. And Talksport did a full like half an hour segment on how incredible it was that Jordan Shakiri had signed for Stoke because it was <laughs> such a big like unbelievable deal for a Stoke to do. Yeah. Whereas now that kind of player, you know, they signs for West Ham every other week. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But it was just watching those two play, like that the Man City game at home, the Everton 4-3 away, you just it was something that I never expected to see following my hometown club who let's face it are not a huge club. Mm. You know, we we're, we're probably a lower maybe lower Premier League, upper championship level side in terms of that kind of thing. Just to see players like that who could tear Man City and Man United apart. Mm. Incredible. Really enjoyed it. <sighs> and again, it's oh, it's just fun. They're just fun players. Yeah, yeah. Even if you were losing, you feel like, oh, at least they've like made me go, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's that noise that you make. Just randomly, someone would ping a massive ball over the top, and you go, "Oh, what a waste!" And then Shakiri would bring it down without even looking at it. And you, yeah, it's just watching footballers who do things where you go, "There's actually no amount of practice I could do, mm-hmm. or there's no amount of thought process I could give to that, where I could even understand what you've just done with that football." I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <sighs> th- always those two as just. I've tried to go for the players I found the most fun. Yes. And and that was... That's those two on the wing. Absolutely. Well, striker's going to be fun, then. It is. Um, and I, one of them was easy. Um, I think he's actually... Might have just announced today that he's possibly retiring from football, which is sad. But hmm. he is probably... Probably my favourite Stoke player. Um, not necessarily the best ever Stoke player, but... The first one who came into the club where you thought, oh, this is different. This is a completely different type of player. This is, you know, this is proper football kind of thing. Um, and it is Bojan Kirkic. Oh, thank God, because I, 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 I was hoping... It was going to be one of two, wasn't it? It was going to be Bojan that I'd written down or John Parkin and there was no, <laughs> there was no in between. That would have been a very different style of football. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Parkin might be in there somewhere. On He's the bench, fun. I suppose, He's fun. He is fun. He is fun. But just, I went to quite a that first season where he was there was when I first sort of properly started going to away games. Mm. Um, my first year at university, so got away quite a bit. And I remember I was at the Leicester game. Um, I don't know if you remember. I think it was him, Walters, and Arnautovic as a kind of little front pairing. Uh, Bojan scored a lovely goal. He takes it, he turns, he takes the shot, puts it in the far corner. And it was 60 more minutes of ole, 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 Bojan. Oh, just... Again, it's just that kind of thing where you've gone, we've signed a player and you go, how the fuck have we got that? Mm -hmm. 
where has that come from? Because mm-hmm. I've never seen that in football for Stoke before. No. Kind of thing. And also, you know, similar to Moniesa, just a really, really lovely, nice bloke by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Everything you saw, it seems like he still absolutely loves the club and loves the fans. Even, you know, the goal against Rotherham under Gary Rowett. That was just such a nice moment. <laughs> he, he, he was loved, wasn't he? But I guess we might have been, apart from Barcelona, who who loved him in a different way, but we were the only club that properly loved him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's one thing that Stoke can at least offer these kind of players, is that you could become a legend here, mm. sort of thing. I suppose that's what those smaller clubs can offer. Yeah, um, and to me, he certainly is a legend. Despite I don't know how many games he played, but it's probably less <laughs> than a hundred or so. Yeah, you can play, you know, six hundred games, but you don't necessarily leave a legacy behind like that, do you? No, absolutely not. And yeah, it's that legacy of Stoke alone, of fun football, of yes, feeling like anyone who's in front of us. Not only can we beat them, but we can deserve he, to. He beat sort them. of personified it, didn't he, a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just a completely different club. To what it was two years or three years previous. Yeah. Missing that. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Last one. Last one. Uh, there was two in my mind. I could have gone for Walters. And I do love Super John. Mm. Um, but I've gone for the first proper striker where I thought I just loved every minute of watching him play. And it is fuller, mm-hmm. as mentioned in the A side. Again, I've gone as fun as I can. Just You have? He's gonna get he gets the ball and he might just completely lose it in the first thirty seconds, or the first two seconds rather, but he also might dribble past an entire West Ham defence. Mm. Like they're not even there. Mm. And you can't buy that kind of thing for as a football fan. You know, that, that kind of entertainment of watching someone who every time they get it you think, What are you gonna do now? Yeah, he, he he just had the X factor, didn't he? Like, I, he, he's he's the player you try and sign every season, I think. But often yeah. you just miss out. But we we just managed it with him, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he stepped up to the Premier League as well, and I mean, you know, that these were the days where the Championship was certainly a lot lower quality than it is now. Mm. Um, and for him to step up to the Prem and still get over ten goals. And score some of the just absolutely genius goals that he did. Yeah, just yeah. The turn in that Aston Villa game to beat, I can't remember which defender it was, and put it in the other corner. Just Again, there's a reason those kind of goals are on, you know, every uh, pre-match compilation of pumped-up music to get the crowd going. Yes. They're just things that you wouldn't expect a footballer to do. Hmm. And that's the kind of player you go to football to watch. I think he's in this team so much because you you do remember the moments, don't you? You yeah. You remember the you know it, it, Glenn Whelan is not in this team as much as I thought he would be, for example. But it's because yeah. someone like Fuller, you'll you'll think back to a moment you go, oh yes, rather than yeah. just being a good player. Yeah, and if I, you know if I pick a Stoke City squad, i.e., like a season where there's a team that's the best Stoke City team, it will be one of the years where we had Glenn Whelan in there. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what he was brilliant for, was making us the best team. 
but it's not what this is about. You but know, this is your no, favourite team. as fun as Nzonzi, is he? No, exactly. He can't throw it as far as the lap. No. <laughs> he can't piss Arsene Wenger off as much. <laughs> I'm sure he could if he tried. But I'm sure, absolutely sure yeah. he could, yeah. And the, uh, the Kenwood Jones smashed up car pig in a locker was fun oh that's was, true debacle was fun but that's true i'm surprised you didn't have breck shea in that team he, he <laughs> he's fun he'll, maybe he'll be a fullback actually <laughs> oh god we point. got shoe on him as well <laughs> um speaking of honorable mentions you mentioned time and you got any more mm-hmm. yeah and i've gone again for fun and i've gone for kenwin jones i really really enjoyed that that fa cup season watching Kenwin Jones on his day mm. just could turn defences inside out somehow. I loved him. He, he's yeah. so underrated for me. Yeah, absolutely. Just one of those footballers that's so strong and powerful that, uh, and actually genuinely very good quality as well. Mm-hmm. Just if he turned it on, you could you could get torn apart by him. Granted, he probably didn't turn it off, uh, didn't turn it on enough, but even so, even so, really enjoyable footballer. Mm. Um, I've chucked Abdullah Fai in there as well. I think a lot of people have said that that first promotion season, his performances are some of the best, in, sort of in one season's worth of form mm. that we've ever had from a Stoke player. No one could get past him at that point. It was fantastic to see, and he marshalling a young Ryan Shawcross into the squad as well. Brilliant. Yeah, just just great. You f- you always felt sort of safe. Um, and then the only one that I think is a bit weird. But I've put him in there because I really liked him at the time. Is Tunchai? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know fun. if you've had many of him at all, but not for particularly. Fun. But I, I, he's he's one of my favourite players, Tunchai, and yeah, he's fun. He's just he's gen, it's just so unpureless. It's unreal. Yeah, and yeah, he signed him anyway. Whether he was part of the Hooth thing, I don't know. But oh man, yeah, I, I he sort of uh, made that sort of. 2010-11 season, the first half, did he leave for the second half? He did, didn't he, I think? I think he might have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he went it to was either then or the following season. Like, good team back then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, a good player probably in the wrong side for him. Yes. But also who could help make a team that was maybe transitioning away from Fuller. Yeah, if Fuller was, was off kind of, it, Tunchai at least would be plan B. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching him. He was always the one that I I felt should be playing more at the time. Yes, me too. Okay, so if Lovely. we're done with your fun team, team fun, <laughs> team party party. There we go. Um, I'll move on then. Um, so this this last bit of the podcast is about your your experience and and your feelings in the present day. And something I mentioned to you before, going back to your analytics alter ego, um, something I think I mentioned to you off air is about being able to manipulate st- statistics. I, I, I'm a strong believer of you, you certainly can manipulate statistics through what, what you show, through what you don't show, how you present them, um, who you present them to. Are you aware of that? And like, do you find it hard not to let your own biases sort of lead, guide you on, or or do you embrace them and go like, right, I've got a gut feeling about this. I'm going to find the stats to prove it. Yeah. Well, if it helps, a hundred percent of the people who work on Potalytics 
um, say that all of our stats are correct and factual. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is interesting. And I felt like sometimes I do come up against it. I mean, if I've set out to write a piece that says um, Dwight Gale's not very good at finishing, mm. and then I go into the stats and or he's basically performing as his XG says he should, and I'll maybe sometimes I feel like I'll push myself to dig a bit deeper into it mm. to see if my gut feeling was right <laughs> more so than I would have done had I had the opposite feeling, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's sort of one of those natural human biases that you you know is difficult to for anyone to get rid of, really. Yeah, it's confirmation bias, right? You want something yeah. to prove what, what, what you're thinking. Absolutely. And, you know, if I talk about how good Tyrese Campbell is, I'm not going to include stats about how many tackles he wins. <laughs> no. So, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, it's a really fine line to walk with statistics as to include things that are useful, but not necessarily just the things that confirm what you think. Yeah. Um, I'm probably lucky in astronomy that, you know, in the sciences generally, you you get taught quite a lot about what you should be including and what's statistically significant and what is useful mm. and the kind of philosophy behind how these things work. Um, but yeah, it is really difficult. I tend to go into things with a vague idea in my head. You know, I want to do a profile on Tyrese Campbell. I'm just going to make, for instance, one of the radar plots we do is just kind of a mix, a mixture of loads of different statistics in kind of three or four different, you know, defensive attacking, passing mm. sort of segments. And then from that, I try and figure out a little bit more in depth what I should look into more. What kind of videos should I look at to to maybe tag things that I can see that are useful. Um, like, ex- for example, I saw that he's really good at creating chances for other people, so I started looking at videos of him uh, maybe getting shot assists and things like that and mm. trying to see if he's doing anything different. Um, but, yeah, I think that's probably the way to do it. I'm, I'm kind of lucky in that I'm coming at it from a place of ignorance. Mm. Um so often I do just kind of have a gut feeling like, no, I, th- I think Tyrese Campbell's good. But I don't really, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert <laughs> You don't football, know so that I, he's good. I don't know enough about it immediately without taking the time to look into stuff. You know, I can't immediately spot a world-class player just by watching five minutes of them. I'm not, you know, I'm not an incredible scout or anything. Mm. Um, so I think that helps quite a bit. But yeah, I'd, the other side of it is just just picking what's useful and what people can actually gain something from. Mm. Again, similar in science, you know, I can explain, if someone asks me what my PhD is about, I can explain to them in great detail about the models we use and all this stuff, but <laughs> it's not useful to any of them. Mm. It's, it would be truthful to say it, but it's not a helpful thing. Mm. You know, and kind of, for all intents and purposes, I guess how old stars are. And if someone says to me, right, well, how old is the star? I give them a number. I don't give them all the sort of... You don't necessarily have to give all of the statistical kind of information behind that mm. for these kind of terms. Mm. You know, I'm a bit nihilistic as well in the sense that luckily it's only Stoke, so 
<laughs> just, it doesn't really matter this does no it? exactly no one's going to sue you I, for this yeah if I post something and someone goes actually I think you'll find it's this I'll go oh yeah fair enough then yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll delete it and repost kind of thing well is it not a sense of learning though if you're able to go back and go actually I, I'm I'm glad I can see things in another way because it, it, it's strange how statistics can also be or or, or be presented as an art form whether it is the new visuals that are coming out whether it is the new creative way of labeling players whether it is which which arguments you present and how you're presenting them to people it it, it's genuinely becoming really creative this scene at the moment yeah absolutely and it's it's because it's impossible not to bias Mm. um you know if you if i create a plot where if I don't know, it's a bar chart, and if the bar's bigger, it's green, and if it's lower, it's red. <laughs> People aren't reading the numbers. You know, your your brain isn't designed to read a table of numbers. Yes. It's designed to look at a pretty picture and see a pattern. Mm-hmm. So if I came up with a bar chart, and it was all green, Dang. someone would go, oh, great, green, good, brilliant. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. It mm. might just mean they're doing more of something, or, you know, whatever. Mm. But at some point you kind of have to accept that we're trying to just condense something down to be to get some key points across so two or three key points about a player or a formation or a way we're playing um and those biases are always going to be there you know Mm. if you read my article about tyrese campbell and you like tyrese campbell you're going to focus on the things I've said that are good. <laughs> if you read it and you don't like Tyrese Campbell, you're probably going to look at the radar chart and see the one orange bar yeah. that's not quite as good or is that or is notice the things go, that you've missed out. Exactly, exactly, and that's absolutely fine. You know, that's I'm not an I'm not an analyst in a club, so yes. I'm not I'm not kind of setting myself that higher bar or to reach in this sense. Hmm. You say you're not an analyst. Do you think, if I said to you, Stoke need a striker in the summer? I'll get my boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, based off what we've got at the moment, based on what we think we'll have, based on the way we play next season, I don't want a name or anything like that, but it, saying we need a striker, is, as, as you well know, is very broad. We could end up signing Haaland or Liam Delap and wasting him because we don't exploit his talents or we've signed the complete wrong player for our system. What sort of player do you think we need next season up front? Up front. Do you know what? I'm going to say something that might not be the same thing everyone else is thinking listening to this. Mm-hmm. I I quite like Jacob Brown. Mm-hmm. In terms of what we'd have if it was the perfect world, you would have someone who is good in the press um, I think first and foremost they need to understand the way that our pressing has been working recently I, I'm not a big fan of Dwight Gale as a striker but he's done that really well in recent weeks and then I think you need someone who's got the movement in the box as well um, which is where I think actually that Jacob Brown's pre- pretty strong um, his, his finishing's not been perfect particularly this season but in terms of getting those chances, he, he really does know where to be mm. um, when the ball comes into the box. So that those are the two sort of major things I think we need. I'm very, very hesitant about anything to do with the word target man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it gets bandied about a lot. 
and I don't know if it actually really exists mm. um, in the form that people think of it as, you know, the Sam Vokes kind of... I don't think you can be just that yes. anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, it, what we've seen with everything with Neil so far is that they need to be mobile and they need to be willing to put themselves about a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Too many Harlan, then. Oh, I'd t- yeah, I, I think I'd probably take Harland <laughs> if we could. Over Jacob Brown? Uh, well, it depends. What's the FFP like? Have we got oh, enough? It's looking good. So Perfect. I'm told. There you go, so. Sorted. I reckon, well, what's the buyout clause? I reckon 150 million. We've got any more stadiums to sell? Well, we made 100 million pound profit this season. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, true. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, well, there you go then. So as that's, long as we don't sign anyone for the next 20 years. Um, <laughs> uh, well, okay. Let, let me turn around it then. It's assume that it is Tyrese Campbell, Jacob Brown, and A and other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Based off of you saying Jacob Brown might be a good option down the middle, assuming you're saying Tyrese Campbell would be a good option on the right, you're potentially yeah. saying we could do with a new left winger then. Yes. I think I think for me with the money we'll have available, I know we've kind of we've sorted FFP now, as we've said, but for the limited budget we're gonna have available, I think it's more important that we get a couple of wide players mm. um than it is we get a striker. So yeah, particularly either a left winger who will do that role that Campbell's doing and step outside a little bit more Mm. or if we're going full on kind of gung-ho Liverpool 2019 maybe a left winger who can come inside from that side Um, but yeah that's probably the role that we're missing the most at the minute I would imagine So what you're saying then should need Neymar Um, Would he do the off the ball work though? Uh, Probably not Could he do it on a cold wet Tuesday night? No uh, fair point. <laughs> fair point. You probably wouldn't know. Um, all right. Interesting. Just interesting because, like, you know, you head into the summer and you go striker, striker, striker. Oh my god! Look at the free agents list. Look at all the strikers there are. Yeah, and, absolutely. You um, know, you see someone with high caliber. And, do you think this is the problem we've made over the last few years? Like, we've seen a player, shiny player. We'll sign him. I feel like that about Joe Allen, about Kevin yeah. Wimmer, about Benigafobi. Uh, recently, Sam Vokes feel that about um, who we signed and we thought would be good and flopped. All all the wingers that we've <laughs> narrow had. it down a bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. I, was <laughs> I, I just think like you know like um, oh, Rabbi Matondo, Jaden Filigine Bidet, oh God, yeah. uh, Jack Clark. Look at those players now. Matondo is doing all right, I think, for somebody. Jack Clark's blistering it. Uh, Bidace, after having, you know, a bit of a slow start of card, if he's finally showing good. Is it that we did sign good players and it's just we didn't sign the right profile? Yeah, it's interesting because definitely before Michael O'Neill came in, I have the distinct feeling that our transfer policy, or or possibly before Nathan Jones rather than just Michael O'Neill, our transfer policy was, oh, he's nice. Mm-hmm. He's a good lad. He'll mm. do it. Yeah. Sort of thing. You know, you look at that Gary Rowett season where he's decided for some reason he had so much success playing with Vidra at number 10 <laughs> that he thought it was too much success and he didn't want to do it anymore because Vidra <laughs> was too good. And you're like, you read that back with hindsight and think, what the f- What? Yeah, yeah. Nathan what Jones with a diamond. He never played it, did he? 
Well, exactly. I, I feel like Nathan Jones probably got a little bit shafted by some of the recruitment team that was in there already. Yes, I, th- I yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, not 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 signing any fullbacks, for example. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you, hey, we had Stephen Ward. Beg your pardon. Yes, true. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't sign any mobile fullbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think it's only really O'Neill that's managed to, you know, his recruitment team has now been decimated. It appears, but <laughs> th- there were at least times under under Michael O'Neill where we felt, you know, I think Michael O'Neill recruited for his system. He did, but I just think, like, for example, we did need a striker. We brought Liam Delap in, and he's clearly yeah. the wrong type of player. Uh, Josh Wright and Lewis Baker, good signings for me. Absolutely. But, like, some of the fullbacks and, like, not... Sa- like, you know, I, 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 from what I believe, it was O'Neill's choice not to sign a left-back mm-hmm. in the summer. His yeah. choice. And that, to me, screams of utter naivety. Yeah, I think there probably is a little bit of that. I think the amount of FFP pressure they were under, I remember him saying particularly about goalkeeper. Mm. Bursic and Bonham are not a particularly solid goalkeeping pair for a championship club. Yeah. But he kind of said, you know, we either spend it on a goalkeeper or we spend it somewhere else. And for me, I'd rather spend it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I think it's that rock and hard place thing. I, I'm quite hesitant to to be too harsh on O'Neill for that. Yes, me too. Um, for what it's worth, I think he did a cracking job and, and I yeah, wouldn't have been absolutely. disappointed if he'd have stayed on for a bit longer, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, there were just, there were some weird, some weird things that I think, <laughs> as much as I don't, I'm, I don't subscribe particularly to the manager run model mm. um, that, we, that we've that we got, just solely based on, you know, most of the rest of football. Mm. Um, but, at least with Alex Neal, it does appear that he knows exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of trying to find a thing that works. It's just, no, we're doing this and that's it. Yeah. And if a player doesn't suit that, then never mind. Speaking of next season, do you have any plans for next season? I know it's March, as we record. <laughs> but, uh, and like you know, Stoke fans are, are looking ahead. Like, season's done. We're over. Um, you know, we're not getting relegated, we're not getting promoted, whatever. Um, loads of fans are thinking about who we're going to sign next season, how many loan players are going to be here, um, what's pre-season going to be like. Um, is is there anything that, particularly with your stats stuff, or just you as a Stoke fan, typically if there's any games particularly or a quantity of games you want to go to, do you have any plans next season? Yeah, I think I'm uh, I'm just in the second year of my PhD at the minute, so the second of three. So I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with the season ticket while I'm still in the area. Mm. Um, not knowing, one of the pains of academia is not knowing where the hell you're going to be <laughs> in a year's time. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be there. I think with the stats stuff, I just kind of, you know, I mentioned to you in the break, sort of off, off record, that I just want to keep doing new stuff. Mm. Um, I want to keep this thing going for as long as there's something interesting and new and worth writing about mm. um if i'm still writing the same pieces in a year's time there's there's a possibility it might start to wane off which i imagine is <laughs> not unique to to me um, no no I've, like i think of what i've done here i've like i've messed around with all sorts on here because you have to you have yeah, to keep it fresh absolutely. for yourself 
Absolutely. And for people to read as well, you know, there's, yes. there's only so many, you know, God knows who's listened to all the files so far and still oh, well, wants to listen God, to mine. God rest them. <laughs> you can yeah. stop at any point. You are not obligated to listen any further. But yeah, it's just... I, the, the, there's a couple of things that it depends on. and One is sort of if I can get into a position where I can get more access to things that I can I can write about. I, I would love to interview people, you know, in analytics, for example... I would love to speak to people in the club, but obviously that's, you know, clubs are rightfully and understandably quite closed shops with that mm. sort of thing. Mm. Um, but also there's the added, you know, the expense of data and things like that. It's quite a, both in time and in and in cost, unfortunately. But as long as I'm kind of enjoying what I'm looking at and finding new things and discovering new things about football, then I'll write it whether there's, a million readers or one yeah i i know i know what you're saying you you just want to see where it takes you i suppose but yeah exactly but i like i i have ideas all the time and following through with them is is hard like genuinely quite hard um but i you know you've you've done stuff like this and if you've done stuff with wizards too and and you you're clearly experienced in you know the sort of work you're doing anyway and the fact that you like mm-hmm. Stoke helps a lot. Hopefully that yeah. that that puts you on a good path to be able to try new things and there's there's loads of creators out there already who are doing all sorts of good stuff, aren't they? Not you exactly. can l- um lend their ideas, I suppose. Yeah, and there's a there's a, a thousand and one different accounts doing analytics and each of them does something new and fantastic that I think, oh I can give that a go. Mm. Or I can try and use that metric or something like that. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there where you say it really helps that I'm a Stoke fan. I'd, I very much doubt I would be doing this if it was for, you know, Ebbsfleet Town or whatever. Mm. Um, so I think as long as I'm a Stoke fan and there's an interesting story for me to look into um, or until someone better than me comes along and starts carrying it on <laughs> uh, or writing more stuff or has more info I'm I'm going to sort of keep up as much as I can I think well to enable those people who who want to take over when you start doing content in a year's time (laughs) um, I've always wondered this it seems to be such a strange field to get into because Mm -hmm. you can't just pick up and do a bit of work on it or it's very hard to because as you say like analytics data is very hard to come by just in the mainstream bbc mm-hmm. sport only got xg on their stats what like three years ago yeah like, like nobody cares um you know the closest i get is a couple of these scores apps are now implementing a, a fair bit of useful data but mm-hmm. not necessarily in a uh, nice way to present the one i like these days is the momentum graph i, I, I find uh, that yeah. quite fun to yeah. look at um but it's not re- readily ex- accessible content um i know there are people out there if people are interested in in being able to have a look a bit further Mm -hmm. how how do people do so i assume it costs money to do so um how how on earth you get access to all this data uh it very much depends it doesn't necessarily cost money to be fair um i'm i i I do use a paid subscription so i use y scout for um, for quite a few things that it's not too expensive and there's quite a wide range of data on there 
Um, for the really in-depth sort of program bits, you would need to spend quite a bit of money, unfortunately. Mm. But there are also countless websites that have some free stats on there. Um, so one I use quite a lot is fbref.com. Mm-hmm. Um, your issue there is it's not, you know, it's a table of numbers. <laughs> it's <laughs> you could go on there and find whatever leagues, whatever you want, and they'll have a lot of up to data. They'll have XG, post shot XG, um, progressive runs, progressive carries, all these, you know, ridiculous stats cock metrics. Mm. Um, but that's that's a free website that's really really useful. You just have to sort of do a bit of your own work to to get those into a nice visual sort of representation Mm. um in terms of just sort of generally looking at nice things like like you say those sort of momentum graphs in for goal their xg model is pretty pretty good i've done um i've spoken a lot to mark taylor who you may have seen Mm. sometimes guest columnist in the sentinel uh who's done some freelancing work for InfoGoal in their models and things like that um but yeah, there's plenty of free websites if you kind of have a look for them. I know particularly if you're really, really interested in working with the kind of nitty-gritty, really in-depth code and really in-depth data, then StatsBomb, who um, are one of the big major corporations that do these sort of data bits, uh, they do release sometimes some free data. Mm. So I know at the minute they've got the women's Euros, the Euros... Uh, from 2020 and the Arsenal Invincible season for some reason uh, all of those are kind of free data files that you can download and have a mess around with mm. um, but obviously the best place to look is at Potalytics oh, you, of course. exactly that's what I was hoping you were going to say <laughs> yes exactly right Yeah. Um, and I will say as well for you know anyone listening who wants to look at other things there's X Analytica for almost every team you could think of. I, you know, I follow people who they basically do a full analytics thing for South African Premier League and all <laughs> these kind of things. It's it's crazy how wide it's spread now. It's a huge community, isn't it? It right. is. It is, and it's a really nice, friendly one as well. I've found generally. Mm. So if you if you get into this stuff and you have questions, for the most part, people are really happy to answer and help out. And I've seen quite a lot of people, not saying that you should do this necessarily, but a lot of people are like uh, taking requests for certain things. Like, hey, I've got mm-hmm. a spare 10 minutes. If you want a data plot, I'll, I'll do it for you. Like, yeah. just, you know, not necessarily for you to then go and use. It's just nice to add some visualization yeah. to, as you say, that big table of numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what it's all about. You know, that's that's exactly the same thing that, people who do work for clubs are doing for managers because mm. a manager's not going to look at a table of numbers mm. they're going to look at a nice colourful graph that you know shows them that Dwight Gale's not very good at finishing hopefully Alex Neal is looking at a nice big colourful graph but yeah I think if we all picture Alex Neal looking at a lovely colourful graph of how nice Tyrese Campbell is that's a nice image for us all to to be fair, I I I I've got the image of him looking at a grayscale graph. I can't imagine him being a very <laughs> colourful person. Um, yeah, I, one word to describe Alex Neal: monochromatic. I think. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to go straight for bald then, but no, 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 no. I'll go, yeah, that's that. We'll go with that. That's other Stoke City Twitter accounts to go straight to that. I'm afraid. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, moving away from the stat stuff just slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that once you cross the turnstiles, you're like sort of free of it all, I guess. Yeah. Free of life, free of the stat stuff now. Um, what is your match day routine like then? Uh, I'm quite a boring one. Mm-hmm. I'd, again, not a good thing to say on a podcast where I'm explaining about all this stuff, but there you go. Um, I tend to... I don't know, it's it's a funny one. I've never actually really been one to particularly, you know, do the big pub routine beforehand mm-hmm. or anything like that. I tend to get in... I quite like watching the finishing drills. Mm-hmm. That's that's one that I do, you know. I'll, I'll get in, meet my dad, go in, watch those sort of things, get out, listen to Praise and Grumble, walk up the bank towards Blurton where we parked, stick that on as soon as we get in and then get angry at the people calling in. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a pretty a pretty standard straightforward straightforward thing for me I think um, that's the case for a lot of people unfortunately um, a, yeah a growing number as well as you know it's expensive to you know park somewhere else go to six pubs beforehand and and but hopefully Stoke do a little bit more to make that a little bit easier for us next season yeah I think that's the other thing is I you know I, I'm very much a person who does things at the last minute anyway, but I sort of, you think about, oh, well, I'll get to the ground at one. And then <laughs> you go, all right, well, what am I going to do then? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to sit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of maybe stare at a warm up for a bit. Mm. Yes, it, it's so, hard. Yeah. But particularly if you don't meet many people. Um, exactly. I, I have the same thing. Like, me and my dad get to the game for our past two. Sometimes we go in Ricardo's, but even that could be quite hard if we just happen to be going with someone who's not a season ticket holder. So, oh, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. Big improvement, Ricardo's, and what we had before, but yeah, a absolutely, bit more. absolutely. I will say, kind of on the match routine and stuff, that I have sort of forced myself to not look at stats things until the the day after. That's a good um, idea. Just let just yourself simmer down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It would be too easy to kind of. You know, I might put a tweet or something out, but mm. it's quite nice to come home from the football and just, you know, watch a film or decompress. Relax completely. Yeah, exactly. Relax exactly. from the thing that you profess, the thing that re- escapes yeah. you the most. <laughs> that definitely isn't a job. Yeah. But, but somehow feels, feels like, like it. Feels like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> for you then, what is Stokes' identity? What, what, what made you associate yourself with them all the way up until this point god yeah it's I think for me like I kind of said in the A file it, it's it was that identity of I was kind of someone different in the sense that I'd come from a different place when I came into my first school sort of thing I'd moved quite away and it was a nice way for me to identify with where I came from mm. so for me the city and the club are a very close kind of a very close link uh, in my in my mind but i don't know i think it's that yeah we actually felt it a little bit in the last game that it came back for the first time in a long time yeah it's that little raw you know in the in the matches i don't it's sort of yes i know what you're saying the little bit of like come on yeah yeah when we've just maybe had a couple of chances yeah and it's bounced back and we've kept the ball still and we're going again it's that kind of little thing that it's a bit of belief like not just hope yeah. but like belief like come on we can we can do this yeah exactly and especially after 
so, you know, the five years that will not be named <laughs> that we've just gone through, it's... Of just pure hoping. Oh, exactly, yeah. And you'd have one or two games in a row where you'd hope and then that'd be it. Yeah. But this time we've definitely turned the corner, right, Ben? Absolutely. Yes, George. Absolutely Brilliant. turned a corner. Um, you wait, we'll sign... <laughs> I, I don't know, we'll, we'll sign, I don't know... Shane Long in the summer, yeah, Tom yeah, Sawyer, somebody yeah. daft like that, and and <laughs> we'll pay him sixty grand a week, and that'll be us FFP strong for another three years again. Andy Carroll, there's your target, man. Oh god, <laughs> oh god, Ben. Um, <laughs> apart from signing useless target man, something I'm trying to ask more and more is if if you could see Stoke City do one thing differently or new on or off the pitch what 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 would you want them to do do one thing differently apart from like win trophies yes yeah because yeah, that okay. is an unreasonable ask <laughs> i've got to be reasonable okay um i would really like an overarching structure and an overarching philosophy to the club mm. um i said before i'm not a big fan of manager led or sort of managers as emperors within a club. And I do worry that even if Alex Neal carries on the trajectory he's in, which is brilliant, at some point he gets poached or he leaves yeah. or gets sacked after a bad run, whatever, and we go back to ripping up the club again. Yes, I agree. Um, I think for me, I would love to see almost a head coach type club mm. where we have a group of people who can use the money we've got to sort of define what Stoke City should be and give us a niche in football and give us a, you know, that kind of consistency that means we don't have to tear up the whole city every time we change manager kind of thing. That's, what, what is our niche? Um, it's interesting because I think actually, as much as I've had criticism for, um, for the coats for the running of the club, the past five years. I think one thing they've picked out quite well is that Alex Neal's football is football that works for our fans. Yeah. I think, well, obviously when it's winning, the same as ever, but I think the kind of, <laughs> the way in which we go about playing in transition yeah. and, and kind of doing, you know, changing from slow to quick tempo, I think he's going to get a lot of credit in the bank very quickly if we st- if we carry on playing like we are and we carry on doing the things we are. Um, it's almost like that kind of evolved version of Pulis, hmm. where we're aiming to get transitions, so we're aiming to get into positions where the opposition aren't just set in their own defence. Hmm. By being pretty aggressive, and by pressing high up the pitch, and by being brave, most of all. And by biting back at opposition managers who play pretty football. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Back to the old days. Yeah. The Tony Mowbray of 2007. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of... That bravery off the ball um, is something that I really hope stays as our niche. Mm. Um, I can also see us losing three games in a row and going back to maybe not doing that, but I'm not going to be pessimistic. I'm going to say everything's going to be totally fine forever. <laughs> We've been there before, though. Exactly. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey. Um, 
All right. I've got three more questions for you, George. Um, yeah, absolutely. Relatively straightforward. Well, the first one should be, but you might completely throw me off. If you could have any job within Stoke City Football Club, what would you have? Uh, I would be number nine centre forward. You would. Excellent. <laughs> Not enough people are brave enough with that. I would be absolutely awful at it, but I'm going to pretend if I've got to the point where I could get the job, maybe yes, yes, I would yes. be actually okay. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Number nine. Good. Good man. I like the there arrogance because you could have quite easily said stats nerd. But... Oh, no, that would be, uh, you know. Me as I am now, that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Me in this hypothetical universe where you would want to be a striker. I would want to be a number nine. Yeah. Excellent. Good man. Um, Right. I offer up the chance for people to to shout their mouth if if there's anything that (laughs) that we've somehow missed in the last two and a half hours of podcasting. Um, If you've got any shout outs to give, um, particularly for your own accounts, because I haven't done that this half yet. Um, but anything else you want to discuss, anything you want to say, um, any any people you want to throw abuse at, um, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. This is your bit. How long have you got? Oh no, 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 no. I'll um, yeah. I'll, I'll, my own accounts are if you if you want to have a listen or have a read of uh, even more of this, <laughs> then uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Potterlytics. So Potter L Y T I C S, um, and the longer form stuff and our little stats hub where we've got some you know. Uh, stats that get about Stoke that get updated kind of after every game for players and teams and stuff like that. Um, that's at Potalytics, same spelling, dot blog. Um, I will throw out some shout outs actually. I really oh. want to shout out Expected Kilns, uh, Tom Thrower, for just starting this off in a way that kind of made me realise that actually, if I think something is better than it seems to be, in the Nathan Jones era particularly, I didn't feel we were playing badly, but we were losing. <laughs> I was quite happy when I managed to read Tom's stuff, and he did really, really good work in that time. I, weirdly enough, went back and read an old one a couple of weeks ago um, when I was first looking at, also a couple of months ago, when I was first looking at doing a long piece. It's great. Absolutely really interesting, really well written. So fair play to him. Shout out to him. Um, and also, they're definitely not listening to this, but TIFO football. Um, if anyone wants to more generally look at some good, in-depth, interesting and well-researched football content, TIFO football on YouTube, just a really excellent account. Um, and another reason that I started to get into this sort of thing. I must admit, um, my, my YouTube recommended is just filled with TIFO. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And shout out to also my dad if he's managed to get this far. Hey, I have a distinct good. feeling he won't have done. Hey, you never know. I think you're underestimating him. Yeah, fa- fair play to him because he took me to the first game and despite, so he says, not caring that much, <laughs> he's still, <laughs> we're still going to get the season ticket for next year. So, yeah. Good man, good man. Absolutely. Um, so unless there's anything else no no I think that's it from me right one more question then I'd like you to describe your Stoke City story in three words for the title please mate oh god three words I had everything's coming up Millhouse in my head already oh no <laughs> um god no you've lost me now you've lost me now with the three words that's killed me okay well let's let's 
if we're at this point where I think where well, you just don't know at this point, let's break it down. So obviously you've got your analytics. You've got yeah. the fact that you were watching Man United uh, <laughs> or watching a reserve game against United when you were younger. Um, you like this idea of like an alter ego. Um, you like this idea of Stoke being like this uh, uh, plucky, uh, hardworking, um, brave football team. Uh, yeah. You like your fun files FC. Um any inspiration from that? Kind of. I'm trying to think. The problem is, if I put something with brave in there, it sounds like I'm calling myself brave. What so you got saying? Gonna try and avoid that. My gut says to take the word everything off. Everything's coming up. <laughs> 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 um, so it might end up having to be that. I think you can have every single as one word. <laughs> <laughs> you you can have everything will be fine. Uh, oh, that's being a bit too optimistic for me. Oh, too optimistic. A bit too optimistic. Okay. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, let's go with Stoke off fun, but I'm still a bit pessimistic, so we'll go Stoke off fun? Question mark? <laughs> I, you know what? No one has utilised punctuation. Well, there you go. There you go. I... Not only have I made this a maths and a science lesson, I'll add in an English lesson as well. There, there's there's high there's high quality content coming <laughs> from you, mate. You want to put this on your own platform rather than put it on mine. Please, please, people, don't judge me on my English when I write things. <laughs> it's very much not the strong suit. It's all right. You've got a spell checker, right? It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, you just get in contact with a blogger and they'll write it for you. Um, That's yeah. There we go. And with that. <laughs> that'll close file 54 of the wow 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 files firstly george thank you ever so much for coming on and sharing your story it was nice that like say somebody reached out and wanted to do this so i could break my duck um because <laughs> it's been a long time since i've recorded one of these uh, let alone record any podcast at all um and, it, and it's just reminding me why i used to do it all the time i really like it and um hopefully this is the start of me getting back into it just as it coincides as you said with your stat stuff of Stoke getting back uh to to better times everything will be fine everything will be fun Stoke is fun whatever um but no you're doing some great work I I remember uh your new Twitter account following my account and I had a little look and and I just was was really pleased somebody was taking all this stuff seriously and, and like I say the way you are able to break down and visualize and represent you know what is quite a can be quite manipulative Mm. field like you're able to do it really well and i hope you carry on for as long as you're able i'm I'm interested to see what you're saying about you know being able to interview people and and seeing where else you could take this um hopefully you do stuff that we've not seen before uh, because there's certainly space for it but either way you're doing a smashing job and you did a smashing job today so thank you mate Thank you so much, mate. It's a yeah, it's a pleasure to be on, and I'm very much hoping you carry on because I need more Stoke content in my life. Well, that's it then. <laughs> I better carry on for for you and the other person that's listening. Um, that's just a reminder for you, other person that's listening. Um, I rely on people like you to get involved, just like George has done. Uh, there's loads of ways to do so, and you can head to the wowwowwowholes.com and click get involved to find out how. Um, if 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 there's something that I've not done somehow, I feel like I've done everything under the sun at this point. Um, <laughs> but if you've got any ideas, if you just want to say hello, um, you can either contact me 
on social media at the Files. You can send an email to the Files at mail.com. Uh, there's other ways to do so on the website, as I've mentioned. Uh, all those links, including all the links to George's work too, uh, they're all going to be in the podcast description. That's it, I think. I'll just leave you to say one more time. Thank you very much, George. Thanks very much, Ben. And thank you very much for listening. And until the next one. But don't forget, it could be your file one day. Fizzy needs a fortier. Pants of mine